want Philly food? Yeah, let's do it. Sanders patiently early. Sanders could cut. And another block. Sanders still going inside the 40. Hello, everybody, and it is here, finally, Dallas week, and the one of the biggest Dallas weeks in years. The 5-0 Philadelphia Eagles do battle with the 4-1 Dallas Cowboys Sunday Night Football at the link in Philly. I'm your host, LJ Harrell, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Connor Donald. Connor, we made it, only a couple days away from, from the game time. Yeah, and what, what better way to get it all started than to know that we are going in with essentially a clean bill of health. The only two guys who are questionable are Josh Job, who doesn't do much, and Janaris Robinson, who hasn't played a game yet for us. So I guess we have a clean bill of health as far as we're concerned. And uh, also, kind of excited night. This is episode 20 as part of the Paint It Lines team, so this is pretty cool. I, I know guess I should have kept track of that. Whoops. Glad you did. <laughs> I was on YouTube and I was like pulling it together and I was like, and I saw, oh shoot, look at this. I'm putting together episode 20. I was like, this is kind of cool. I want to know how many episodes we've done in the four or four-ish years that we've been doing this. That's what I want to know. Oh boys, I can tell you right now, we almost went weekly for quite a while. If we aren't near 200 episodes, I'd be shocked at this point, but 20 with the awesome Painted Lines family. So thank you so much for having us aboard and letting us share all our, you know, our personality and our thoughts and perspective on the Philadelphia Eagles. So yeah, def definitely. And we have a big one this week, Connor. Uh, but before we get into it, please follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. Follow, follow Connor on Twitter at Connor10. Follow me on Twitter at LJHarrell54. Follow the Painted Lines on Twitter and YouTube at the Painted Lines. And follow Edge of Philly Sports on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Edge of Philly Sports or EOP Sports. And if you're you're here with us, drop a line in the chat. Let us know your thoughts on the upcoming game, player who, players to watch, your prediction. And we, as we do every episode, we love to to get you guys involved um, in it. So please comment. Let us know your thoughts as we get ready for the biggest game of the season. Just a little over. 48 hours away. Or I think we're about 50 hours away from game time. So, I man, it can't get here fast enough. Sunday's going to be a long day. I'll be watching a bunch of red zone all day. But that 820 kickoff can't get here fast enough, Connor. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, while I love the fact that we're in prime time and we can focus 100% on that game and nothing going on around us, that that's a major positive and it's Dallas week. So it wouldn't have mattered anyways. I would have been hundred percent focused on this speaking game of, over anything. Anyways, speaking of primetime Denver's in their fourth primetime game this week. Like really the Broncos for like, I and obviously with the trade for, for Russell Wilson. A lot of people thought they'd be a lot better, but my God, I've had enough of Denver Bronco football. Yeah, I think the NFL clearly expected more from that team. And I well, I, I will I will admit I was one who thought that they would be a lot better, but maybe we're at a point now where, you know, maybe Russ. Might I don't think be Nathaniel washed. Hackett is gonna be a good cat. Nathaniel Hackett is 
made from Aaron Rodgers. Let's be real. Yeah, just like Adam Gates was made from Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. And and one happen. of the big things like in Seattle, they're already saying like what the a comment was made like it's nice to go into a huddle and leave the huddle knowing we're going to do the same play instead of Russ who constantly changed the plays. Kind of sounds a lot like the Carson Wentz situation, which uh, Ron Rivera took back his comments, but we know Ron, we know. And now there's this report out there that. Carson, that Dan Snyder, who wasn't supposed to be involved with the team at all, forced their hand to bring Carson Wentz in and all that drama. I'm glad it's over in Philly. Man, with before, that. So speaking of drama, he Daniel Snyder's talking heavy with a lot of stuff. He says he has on other owners. He has on Roger Goodell. If he drops something, oh my, I, I well, it's going to be crazy. But I hope Jeffrey Lori is uh, a cleaner than most owner because we don't want him well, involved. We think that, but. You never know. You never know. All right. So let's jump into this Eagles Cowboys game. This is going to be, you know, Dallas will be the best defense the Eagles have played. And I think the Eagles offense will be the best offense Dallas has played. So <laughs> hopefully he has something on Howie. <laughs> uh, Dave and your hatred for Howie. What's going on, Dave? Thanks for joining us uh, this evening. But yeah, so <laughs> that was fun. that was funny. That was good, Dave. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we have the, the Eagles' strength is their offensive line, Dallas's strength is their defensive line, man on man. Let's see who's got the bet. Let's see who's got it. It's going to be a great, compelling matchup. Um, obviously, when you talk Dallas, you talk their defense, you talk Micah Parsons. Unfortunately, I can't stand him for two fronts. He went to Penn State and now he's a cow, a cowboy, so I can't stand him on two fronts. Um, I know he had that groin injury last week, played through it. I was hoping that you know, potentially. It got worse this week. It didn't. It's unfortunate. So he'll be out there. For the Eagles, offensively, we don't know who's starting at left tackle. Jordan Mailato was a full participant in practice, has no designation, should be good to go. There's talk of maybe Andre Dillard being the starter. It'll be interesting to see what happens on, on Sunday night and who the Eagles put out at left tackle because I can foresee Micah Parsons lining up on the left side of the Eagles offense. He's not going to line up against Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson hasn't given up a sniff to the quarterback in like three, two years. So why would you go up against the, the Eagles' best offensive lineman? Go up against, you know, whoever the, the other side, the guy that might pretend, is not potentially as good as Lane Johnson. And it'll be a battle, and the Eagles are going to have to help whoever's on the left side of the line. Yeah, that was one of the things I said today when I saw Ed Cracks tweeted about you know he got a feeling that it might be uh Andre Dillard going this week and then the practice report was released soon after that tweet saying Jordan Mailata had no designation for Sunday but I think no matter what the biggest thing is because Jordan Mailata says he's around 80 percent Andre Dillard's probably 90 95 maybe even 100 percent because he's coming back from an injury as well and then you got Jack Driscoll who you can kind of trust but you definitely need to help him a lot more than either of those other guys but no matter what, I think you definitely have to help with Micah Parsons. It's it's he's a beast. He, he the, the, like as much as I hate to talk very highly of him, he's really good, and we can't deny that. As much as we hate you, hate him for from a couple different fronts, and I hate him because he's a cowboy. And I would never trade Devontae Smith for the world. That pick was a great pick, and it's it's going to continue to pay dividends as the years go on. Micah Parsons is going to be something to fear in the NFL for many years to come just as much as Devontae Smith is maybe even more because he terrorizes your quarterback week in and week out and 
it's even worse because I think I was looking at on PFF earlier today. Demarcus Lawrence has like top five pressures um, or top 10 total pressures. And Micah Parsons is number one in total pressures. So both of these guys are generating a lot of pressure. And I know I have all the confidence in the world in Lane Johnson, but that's scary because it means no matter where you put these guys, they're probably going to make it a very tough day at the office for both sides of the offensive line. You know, looking at the teams that Dallas has played thus far, they, they week one, they lost to Tampa. There go, they were going through some issues at the time and, and, and they scored, I guess the season high on Dallas at 19 points. Then they got a, a, a Cincinnati team whose offensive line is awful and they weren't clicking at the time. They played the Rams yeah, last week. They played the, the giants and the giants, I think are a fraud at four and one. Um, even though, you know, they beat green Bay last week, but I think I do still think that the, the giants are, are a fraud. They played Washington, who has one of the worst offensive lines in football. And then they played the Rams, who are having a big Super Bowl hangover. So, like, this will be the best offense that that Dallas has faced in terms of the Philadelphia Eagles. Their off- the Eagles' offensive line is healthy. At least it appears to be healthy. Jalen Hurts is playing at an all-time high level. And, you know, while the Eagles aren't going to say they want bulletin board material, but the Marcus Lawrence kind of gave it to the Eagles yesterday. What would saying, like, you know, you'll see Sunday night talking like and and not trying to give any respect to what Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense has done. And while Sirianni said, you know, I'm you know, we don't need bulletin board material, like if you need bulletin, pretty much if you need bulletin board material for a game like this, then you shouldn't be in the NFL. It's true. But if if you have the opposing team not giving you respect, which Demarcus Lawrence is that type of person, he doesn't give respect to the Eagles. And I, I think Demarcus Lawrence is a little overrated at that as, as well. But you know. I hope that the, I hope that he lines up against Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson and Lane Johnson locks his butt up, and you know, put some respect in, on their name. You know, if you know what I mean, go after him. So, look, we can allow Dallas to go out there and, and, and talk that talk, but I think right now, the Eagles. I think that home field advantage is going to be big for the Eagles. So the link's going to be rocking, and depending on what happens with the Phillies this weekend, like just it could be an all-time high morale for. For Philadelphia sports fans, and and what a capper it would be to to dominate the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. Absolutely, and, and I mean, th- like you said, the competition has been you know subpar, but I mean we've been beating up on subpar talent as well. So Dallas is winning with the backup, winning games that they kind of probably they're winning with their with. defense. Yeah, they're winning with their defense, but they're winning like the thing is like they're 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 not exactly easy games like Cincinnati. When you looked at the schedule, Tampa Bay, Cincinnati and the LA Rams were not easy teams. And while the offensive lines aren't good or well, same with the Rams, the offensive line isn't that good right now either. But while the offensive lines aren't good, we can't deny the numbers. The numbers are huge of what they're putting up. So even if they give, get half that type of output this week, it's still going to be a lot of of pressure on the quarterback. It's still going to be a lot of, we need to be way better than we were last week. 100% well, we need to be better. This true. is definitely, this is going to easily, without a doubt, be the best defense we've played leaps and bounds, and it's not even close. Chris, I it's Cowboys, Sixers. It's like that. It's like that right there. Right there. Who does LJ hate more for those listening on podcast form? It's right there. Right there. I hope the Sixers got 0-82. I really hope they do. It'll be that'll be great. And, and then they, and then if they go 82, 
they swapped that first round pick with the Brooklyn Nets. So, you know, our guy, Matt back with the fire, Howie love to see so, that. You're talking about how Dallas is winning with a, with a, with a back, backup quarterback. Um, they're also, so I, I put it like this. You remember back when Andy Reid was here and Donovan would get hurt, Donovan would sit out and they would play AJ Feely. They would play, um, you know, Jeff Garcia, they, they would play, the, they would play the backup quarterback. The game plan would completely change. It would go to a run-based offense, short passes, quick passes, get the ball out of the quarterback. But then when Donovan would come back, they're going to go, they're going to go with, let's go back to throwing the ball 75% of the time and trying to throw the ball downfield. I feel like they're doing that with Cooper Rush compared to when Jackson. 100%. Rush, they all, are. That's he's, not, he's not asked to win the games. He's asked to manage the games. He hands the ball off to Zeke. He hands the ball off to Pollard. He'll throw quick passes to, to CeeDee Lamb. He'll throw a quick pass to Dalton Schultz. But then when Dak comes out there, it's like the Dak show. They're going to try to force the ball down the field um, and, and whatnot. And that's what I'm sensing with them. So, like, honestly, I would feel better facing Dak this week than I am facing Cooper Rush this week. Because I think we would be able to get to Dak. I think Cooper Rush is going to get rid of the ball quick. Because he knows that the, his his line's banged up a little bit. I mean, Tyler Smith has been all right. Jason Peters is going to be out. Um, Connor McGovern is eh. He's 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 a he's a mediocre guard. Zach Martin's good. Terrence Steele is, I think, a mediocre tackle. So if if I'm, you know, if I'm Gannon, hopefully he's playing up on the receivers, not playing back like he did last week, and maybe bringing one or two two extra guys every once in a while to get after Rush because he's going to get rid of the ball fast. But if Dak was out there, I think Dak is going to hold on to it to try to get a big play down the field, you know, to C.D. Lamb or to Michael Gallup. Um, and so so we'll definitely see what happens. And, Dave, so you disagree with my fat rather face Dak than Rush take here? But that's what I that's what I think. I, I, I think that, that, that Dallas has a better shot of beating us with Rush this week than they do with Dak if Dak were to come back. Yeah, I agree. And I was just, I was actually pulling up the stats on Cooper Rush here on PFF with his average time to throw. His average time to throw ranks currently 10th in the NFL, it looks like, at 2.4. If we take out Jordan Love, Tyrod Taylor, Brian Hoyer, Phil Walker, Phil Walker for Carolina. Yeah, so he's re- he's about, he's ninth in average time to throw. He th- throws the ball in about 2.4 seconds, which is really quick. But while I do agree their offense looks completely different, and if Dak Prescott is out there and throwing the ball around, we probably have a better chance to force turnovers, get those interceptions. I agree with you in regards to Cooper Rush is not – he's – but this is like – this is what a good backup is. A good backup knows his role in regards to, especially this early in the season when you know that the, the your starting quarterback is coming out at some point, you just got to keep your team afloat. And for me, I honestly thought maybe keep them afloat around 500, but instead they're one game behind us. They are a win away from taking over first place from us and planting us in potentially third place. So in <clears throat> he's doing his job in regards to, yes – Everything is dumbed down. Everything is simplified. Yes, they're leaning on Pollard more. They're leaning on Zeke more. But that is exactly what you want. He's being a game manager, and he's being a really good and really effective game manager at that. And, I mean, I was looking. I pulled up the numbers. Their offense, I know we're not talking the Dallas offense yet, but their offense has scored 18.6 points per game. That's it. That ranks 24th in the NFL. Like, they're not scoring points, but they don't have to because their defense has been that good 
at just forcing turnovers, at making sure that the quarterback doesn't get comfortable, doesn't have the time to throw the football like they want to. And so everything is working perfectly the way they need it to work. And the Eagles have to make sure that they throw that balance off, whether that be, you know, Cooper Rush, we get after the quarterback really quickly, whether we just take away the ability to do the short, quick pass by playing that press man coverage, playing more aggressively in our coverage, whether it's we come out hot and heavy on offense and we start producing early on, we just have to change the pace of game that Dallas has been used to. And when you leave that, to Cooper Rush and Cooper Rush has to start putting points. I would rather see our offense come out on top of their defense because if you're forced to make Cooper Rush throw the ball and make Cooper Rush score, Cooper Rush is not going to do a very good job. And I don't think he's going to be very effective and I don't think he's going to be able to go shot for shot against the Eagles offense. Well, that's where my fear, fear of Jonathan Gannon calling plays comes into play. Because uh, he was really bad last week. Well, I don't know what that game plan was, but whatever it was, it needs to get thrown out the window. It was the game plan we saw last year when um, the when we faced good quarterbacks. It's playoff, don't get beat deep. But when you're playing 10 yards off, that's an easy five-yard catch and, and maybe get a first down, catch and run. So we need to see – you have two really good corners. Avante Maddox should be back this week. So three really good corners. Push, Put them up on the receivers. Um, and let Epps and, and Gardner Johnson, if they have to play the deep, the not deep, deep safety, but play back just in case, you know, CD Lamb were to break loose, sure, fine. But with the way Slay and Bradbury are playing, I have no issue with, with them one man, man up on, on Dallas's receivers. You know, Michael Gallup is what, this is his third game back from mm-hmm. his ACL injury, I think, so, uh, third or fourth game back. So we'll definitely see how, you know, if, what type of speed he has? Because I don't, you know, I haven't watched. I don't watch Dallas games. If the Eagles aren't playing, I'm watching Red Zone. Um, so, so you know, it is what it is. But you know, I just need if, if this is the type of game that if they end up deciding to play five or ten yards off and give them something, this is a game where this quarterback is 100% going to take exactly what is given to him. And that is his job. That's 100% his job. So if we play anything remotely close to what we did last week, we are going to be picked apart as bad, if not worse, because Kyler Murray is a starting quarterback. Kyler Murray is a guy who wants to push a pace of the game. He wants to score points. He wants to make plays. He Cooper Rush is the complete opposite. He is more than willing to go five yards here, five yards here, six yards here, eight yards here. He will go the short to intermediate game and never throw the ball more than 10 yards if we're giving it to him. Mm-hmm. And he would be 100% comfortable doing that. And I don't blame him. I would do it too because that is all because that would be all you need to do to end up keeping pace with us because that's also going to give them a lot more time of possession if they're just taking little plays instead of getting a big, big chunk play or going and scoring really quickly that's all they need to do and then we lose something that we've dominated all season and that's time of possession without time of possession we are probably not going to beat the cowboys because we need all those things to work that have been working and we need to make cooper rush uncomfortable since we're talking to dallas offense i I could i want to mention something for the eagles defense this could be a jordan davis game because the eagles run defense is a lot better when jordan davis is on the field and we know dallas Jerry Jones has said it time and time again, they want to run the football, especially now with Cooper Rush. And, you know, you're going to have to stop Zeke. You're going to have to stop Tony Pollard, who 
you know, broke a big one. I think he broke a big one last week against the Rams. So Jordan Davis, you know, play that five-man front, put him over the uh, center. Tyler Biedaz, I don't know how to say his last name. Um, you know, Tyler B for, for Dallas and, and, you know, let him throw him. Let Jordan Davis manhandle him, throw him into the quarterback, throw him into the running back. You know, ruin the timing of any of the running plays that Dallas has called. And, you, you know, you won't allow Tony Pollard or Zeke Elliott to break off 5, 10, 15-yard runs and a clip because if you do allow that, then that allows for the, the play action. And I think Cooper Rush is, is, one of, is better when he can do a play action pass because if you're keying in on Zeke or keying in on Pollard and you, throw, you throw, run a play action pass with um, Cooper Rush, he'll be able to find a Dalton Schultz coming across the middle of the field, a CeeDee Lamb, uh, a Michael Gallup. Um, so that's what the Eagles are going to have to, you know, the Eagles are going to have to do. They're going to have to get pressure up the middle and force Dallas not to be able to run on the edges and be able to get five, 10, 15 yards a clip. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And um, Chris is in here dropping some good stats. Rush is 29th in the league in intended air yards. The Eagles defense needs to be physical at the line of scrimmage. hundred percent agree, Chris, hundred percent. You have to be, they have to be playing right up on them the entire, almost the entirety of the game, unless there is something that dramatically shifts where you really have to completely shift your focus and shift your game plan, there's no reason why you're not playing that way. And I understand that the fear would be C.D. Lamb. I wouldn't fear Michael Gallup yet. I would be, you'd be hard pressed to convince me he's at a hundred percent or anywhere near it yet. Um, and Noah Brown has, is, has been effective for them, but I find he's more effective and more dangerous, you know, in, in the shorter yardage game um, and in the red zone and, and helping to get those small plays there. Um, but yeah, everything points to a game plan that looks so dramatically different than what we saw Jonathan Gannon call last week that it scares the living hell out of me to think that we have to trust Gannon to call a play much different than what last week's game was. Because like you said earlier in the episode, you're not going against a team's starting quarterback. You're going up against a team's backup game manager who's trying to keep this team afloat for, I would say, one more week. I would not be surprised if Dak Prescott is back next week. Um, I can't remember who they play, but he's likely back next week or the week after, and then they get the bye in the week after that. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's back next week. He was throwing the ball off to the side. He's questionable this week. Everything just seems to be lining up for him to make that comeback um, next week. So all he needs to do is keep them afloat one more week, and what bigger week to do it than to game manage your way to a victory against the last remaining undefeated team and the team that is currently leading the NFC East, that would be humongous for the Dallas Cowboys. And that's something that Jonathan Gannon and Nick Sirianni absolutely cannot let happen. Like we said in the last episode, we kind of touched on there's people who are saying, oh, if we lose, we lose. I don't really care. No, no, no. This is a season shift in week. And I get it, mate. Is it over dramatic to say that in week six? Potentially. But how big of a game changer is it to go to six and zero and have the Dallas Cowboys four and two? We would yeah. be talking if it was if it's a difference of five and one and five and one. We are talking about such a different scenario come week eighteen or come going pound for pound week for week in the last couple weeks to win this NFC. East. Looking at the Dallas schedule, they have Detroit and Chicago after us. 
Should they have turn. the easier half of their schedule at the back end. Like you said already, they played the Tampa Bay. They played the Rams. They've played Cincinnati. They've played a lot of tough teams, but they just took complete advantage of those teams. And those teams were also playing very bad at the time. That and and you know that's what happens. You you you, you can't get or you can't pick when you play them in the schedule. It just happens to appear. Um, but yeah, so you'll see. And maybe do you think the way the Eagles played last week, just the, the way they came out, that that could be considered a trap game? I didn't think that this team would come out and, and play as lackadaisical as they did, and it would be a trap game looking to Dallas. But that's kind of what it like after thinking about it for a couple of days. I think maybe they they kind of just overlooked Arizona a little bit because they knew the big Dallas matchup was coming up. Potentially, but I don't think that's that the players weren't playing hard. Like I, I think trap games are more on the players, not the coaching staff. It was just a putrid game calling from an offensive and a defensive perspective. So unless maybe Gannon and and Steichen were looking ahead, but why would they be looking ahead? It makes no sense. You play for the that game, you play for that week, and then you have a whole week to prepare for the next team and think about that next game. It to me, I get the idea behind it. I just. I feel like last week's game, if it had been a loss, would be more on Steichen and Gannon and the gameplay call and the game, the play call in that they put out there because it was terrible on both sides of the ball. The offense couldn't get going. It was screen after screen after screen. They didn't attack the middle of the field where we've been so effective all season with Dallas Goddard and with AJ Brown. The, the you run think that game. Maybe they were holding back a little because they didn't want to. Obviously, there's five weeks of tape though, but they were holding back maybe they want to open it up more this week against Dallas kind of come out and surprise I hope, them I, if there I hope so I hope if so. there I is know. a way that they can come out and surprise them and do something they haven't done all year I hope so to be honest but at this point you have to do what you got to do to get the wins and that gate that win did not was not an easy win that wasn't a pretty win and we don't want to see that at this point there's the tape's going to keep piling up they're going to watch all the games they're going to find different niches in your game that they're going to pick apart so it at this point, you shouldn't be hiding things from your game plan just because you don't want Dallas to see it. They're going to look at the tape. They're going to review the games. And I'm sure you've shown a little bit of everything in each game that good defensive coordinators or good offensive coordinators can go ahead and start picking apart and building into their game plan. Yeah, and, and you had mentioned it, how like there are people that are saying, if they lose this game, we're still fine. We're 5-1. and one, and We're still right there. And me and you, like we talked about on t- Tuesday, I disagree with that. When we beat Dallas, we we faced Ben DiNucci. When we haven't beaten a, a, a good Dallas team in a long time. So I, I think for the mental part of it, just to get that monkey off your back, you have to come out here and be able to beat your division rivals, the, the team. And you, we've talked about it. The Eagles win. They go to 6-0, and a two-game lead over Dallas in the division. If they lose – Five and one, Dallas jumps to first place in the conference and the division, and the Eagles potentially jump to third or drop to third place. So this game is bigger than a lot. Like people are like, it's it's early. Like I feel good about the well, you can you can still feel good about the Eagles, but this is a game that the Eagles have to freaking win. They have to win this game. I don't care. Like it's just frustrating that like we 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 hear all this. Well, your schedule's so easy, and you haven't beat any good teams. Well, this is a good team on the schedule right now. Beat them. I don't care who the starting quarterback is. The defense is apparently legit. I think they're not as good as San Francisco, but that's a different story for a different day. Um, but like, come out there and prove 
that this 5-0 start isn't a fluke because the minute you lose a game, and if you lose this one, you're going to have all these fraudulent cow- Cowboy fans, as Dave, as Dave is talking about. They'll be out there saying, you suck, and you haven't beaten anybody, and see, we're better. I don't want to hear that, especially all these dumbass Cowboy fans in this area that make no sense, that can't point out Texas on a damn map and has never been to Texas. I hate seeing it. I hate hearing it. Please beat the damn Cowboys. And I think a big thing that people aren't taking note of, the Dallas Cowboys are already 2-0 within the division. Mm-hmm. Our A lot of our division games come at the end of the season, but they could already have complete control of a crucial tiebreaker in a division that ultimately could come down to a tiebreaker. Our schedule is one of the easiest going forward. Dallas is, gets way easier going forward than our schedule, uh, than their schedule was to start the season, and they get their starting quarterback back. So you cannot allow a team to get a 3-0 and stranglehold on a divisional tiebreaker, the primary tiebreaker to decide in this division at the end of the season. Taking any type of loss and allowing them to go 3-0, and they only have three more games against the division. We would have four games against the division, but we already have a loss to our name. And look at the commanders. Look at the, like you said, the Giants, they could be fraudulent. The commanders are already not looking good at all. They're terrible. They're, they 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 could easily be another win for the Cowboys. That could be another two wins for the Cowboys coming up in the within the division. If you allow them to get to five and zero, and we end up fighting and potentially in a tiebreaker, they they win the division based on a tiebreaker, based on likely looking back at this game because we allowed them to get that advantage over us. So this game is way like you said. This game maybe. Maybe we're the ones overreacting, but we are a team who has scored 135 points for. This is a team we're against that has scored 93 points for. You Their need offense is not to. good. They weren't even good when Dak was It's been playing. terrible. No, exactly. So, like, they're they're you can't, terrible. You can't, yeah, you can't come out here and, and play back and, and, and play, you know, a passive. And you have to be aggressive. Get Jam the receivers. You know, um, CeeDee Lambs has the drops, so maybe you have that. Maybe you're able to, um, you know, if you can get after Cooper Rush, maybe he'll throw one up to you and, and, and we can get a Darius Slay pick or something. But, yeah, if because if you play loose, if you play back, if you play passive, they're going to beat you. They'll, they, they'll, they don't mind. Cooper Rush doesn't mind dinking and dunking his way down the field. And I, and I know like in, in the NFL today, everyone loves a big passing game, but if a team is, if a defense is willing to just give you things, we've watched it. Look at the, look at Derek Carr last year against us. Those, those guys don't care about primetime television, who the millions of people that are watching. If you're going to be, if you're going to allow them to, like you say, dink and dunk down the field, they're going to do it all day, every day. They're going to make an extremely boring game and take exactly what they're given all damn night because they know at the end of the day, their odds of winning are way better if all they have to do is dink and dunk than going pound for pound, score for score, deep balls, big plays. They'll take those easy plays. They'll take that and that, like also, I said earlier, that time of possession. They'll control the flow of the game. So Chris put us that he's the... Cooper Rush is the ninth most pressured QB in the league at 25.2% per drop back, but he has only been hit 11 times, which is 25th. If you hit a quarterback enough, he's going to get jumbled. He's going to get rattled. That's what you have to do. Get after Cooper Rush, blitz Cooper Rush. Um, you know, Chris also mentioned you want to see wants to see TJ Edwards, you know, get going because he wasn't good last week. Yeah. Blitz uh, T.J. Edwards right up the middle. Let him get after the quarterback. Let him run right through Pollard or Zeke. 
you know, if you can do all that, maybe you rattle Cooper Rush and he'll throw the ball to us a couple of times. Absolutely. Like, but I think a big thing with TJ Edwards last week is he's been schemed essentially into blitzes and pushed into different circumstances that have made him super successful. And because of how passive the play column was last week, we didn't get to see the TJ Edwards that we've been so that we've started to get used to the one that's situationally blitzing the guy who's breaking up plays and stuff. He was forced to play something that he's not because of the way that the passive play calling that was out there. So I would like to see just a more aggressive play calling altogether because, you know, this is a team that even if they can get some big plays, they may not be able to put points on the board like you think they can put points on the board. It's already there. 93 points for 72 points against. We're at 135 and 88. We have a plus 47 difference to their plus 21. Their defense is literally, they've, They've only they haven't won a game yet by more than seven points. Their biggest win was seven points. That's it. That's all a touchdown. So they have literally lived and died on that defense. So if we can get the offense flowing and we can make Cooper Rush work for things, I think there's a really good chance that Cooper Rush. I wouldn't be surprised if Cooper Rush can't put more than two or three scores up. And I would probably give one of those scores at least as a field goal. Yeah. So you know we'll see what the Eagles defense can do against their offense let's jump over to our offense against their defense which we we kind of started the show off but we we kind of veered away from it i'll talk about the secondary for dallas trayvon diggs is while he had all those interceptions last year he also gave up over a thousand yards and he's also given up big plays this year too gave up a big one to uh, cooper cup last week he is he was covering him and cup went across the field and ran away from him you know Devontae. We have to get A.J. Brown involved early like they did last week, but continue to get him involved in the game. They went away from him after that first drive, after the first quarter. And that, it, that game plan, again, made no sense. And they and we talked about it. They threw 14 screens last week. 14. That's about, what, 10 too many <laughs> or something like that. So we need to get – I know I'm reading day. We this is Dallas fans. We beat Daniel Jones and Carson Wentz. We them boys. This at the end of boys, it should have been a Z, Dave, not not an S. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like the Eagles, I think the Eagles wide receivers should be able to put if if Jalen can get them the ball, and if the offensive line can protect Jalen, should be able to you know get the ball down the field. They should be able to catch some passes. You know, I don't I don't think Anthony Brown can cover Devontae Smith. I don't think Trayvon Diggs for long can cover A.J. Brown. Dallas Goddard, you know, can Anthony Barr or Leighton Van Der Esch cover Dallas Goddard? Leighton Van Der Esch is really poor in coverage, so yeah, definitely so, not Van Der Esch. Yeah, so you take advantage of that. Dallas Goddard should have a big game. We're going to call him Philly Goddard this week, I'm sorry. Philly Goddard <laughs> should have a big game. So the, we better see a completely different offensive game plan this week than we saw last week yeah i think i think one of the big things is they're gonna have to go to the air but they're gonna have to be pretty quick about it whether that's in breaking routes like you you may not be able to take those big 20 30 yard shots to quez Watkins and stuff but i was i pulled it up on pff most yards allowed at the cornerback position number four this year trayvon diggs has already allowed 340 yards a 62.9 percent 62.9 percent reception percentage Ninth place, Anthony 
Brown, their two most played cornerbacks, are both allowing top 10 yardage through the air. You have to take full advantage of that. And I understand that one of the big things is going to be, can Jalen Hurts make the decisions? Can we keep the pressure off of Jalen Hurts? Can you keep that front four away? But if you go and follow Shane Half, I don't have his Twitter handle right now, but he posted a really interest, interesting stat earlier today about how they are generating the most pressure with their front four than any other team in the NFL. There's nothing coming from anywhere but the front four. So if you can get a handle on those front four and give Jalen Hurts any type of time, remotely any type of time to make a good pass or for the uh, for the uh, wide receivers to get open, it's going to be a big night, especially from a passing perspective for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Shane's um, Twitter, since you, since you brought it up, Shane's Twitter handle, at half, H-A-F-F-N, half underscore TPL. Uh, so definitely check him out. He's really good. You know, we're, we're putting out a bunch of stats and, and videos. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I forget where I was going to go there. But yeah, you're right. Like you have to take advantage of, of the big play, you know, liabilities. That's, you know, teams struggle with continuing to do that because Dallas gets so much pressure with, with Parsons in their front four. Um, but also Dallas hasn't played as, good of an offensive line as the Eagles have. So that's where, you know, th- that battle becomes big. The best offensive line in football against the best, what, front seven, front five, whatever you want to call it in football for, for potentially, I guess, because I think still think San Francisco is a little bit better um, for Dallas. So that means that Dan Quinn against um, Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni, like Dan Quinn – it's proven that he can't be a head coach in the NFL, but he's a damn pretty good, a pretty damn good defensive coordinator. So I hope he does get a head, head coaching gig soon. So he leaves them. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a great battle and like one that I just can't wait, dude. So I'm, like I said, 50, 50 hours away, less than 50 hours away from game time. It's going to be amped in this area and the link is going to be rocking. Yeah, and I want to point out Leighton Vander Esch, while PFF grades him out well, he's only been targeted 12 times, so he's not seen a whole lot of work, but he's allowed an 83.3% reception percentage, and he is definitely this. These two linebackers have not been challenged by a t- tight end like they're going to be challenged by Dallas Goddard. He ranks, what, number one among tight end ends in yards per reception? Well, so well, you might yeah. as well just – the linebackers might as well be a wash because it's going to be the safeties who have to make sure they stop Dallas Goddard because he's the one – They're going. he's going to get by the linebackers with ease and he can make them pay. Like when we get to talking about players who are due for a big game or players that we really are focused in on – I think Dallas got like I know that we talked about Trevon Diggs and Anthony Brown and, and how they're giving up the both top ten yardage, but I think Dallas Goddard could be due for a huge game. But you got to work the middle of the field way more than you worked the middle of that field last week because that was just putrid by Shane Steichen that he completely avoided an area that we've been able been been able to exploit so much this year. Um, so one of the other big. Um things that came down over the last couple of hours and we didn't touch about it based on it. So I want to now CD lamb now questionable. I think he's going to play, but that would be huge. If he can't play on Sunday, that would massive. be massive. It would be massive because he's their best out outside threat. So like 
Now, now you have to rely on Michael Michael Gallup, Noah Brown, Kevontae Turpin, um, Dalton Schultz. Like, so that's going to be intriguing to see over the next day or two of, of how serious, whatever injury he has, I didn't see what the injury is, but how, how serious that is going to be for Dallas because if C.D. Lamb can't play, that changes up what – I think that changes up what Gannon can do defensively. You can be a little bit way more aggressive if you don't have to worry about C.D. Lamb on the outside. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, that would be – it would be huge if he missed it. I'm just pulling up some stats. He does rank top 10 in targets, but I'm trying to figure out how they target the rest of the field. Um, he has 46 targets. Noah Brown, 27, and then, of course, Michael Gallup just got back there, so he has seven, but then it's Tolbert, Fihoko, like, they have, like, two, four, six, like, they have nothing. He is the bulk of that offense on the outside. Like, they, any opportunity to generate any type of big play if they're forced to start pushing the ball down the field would be very much damaged if C.D. Lamb isn't there, but the fact that he appeared so late and the fact that he participated in the majority of practices this week, I believe makes me pretty certain he will play as well but how much could that hinder his game um that that could be the real question and that could play into the play into james bradbury darius slay's favor whoever's going to be on him um that that could definitely play into their favor for sure yep so it'll be excuse me it'll definitely be intriguing um as we start getting final injury reports and whatnot um, but, yeah, so the Dallas defense, I mean, we didn't even talk about Doris Armstrong, who I think he had this the sack fumble that uh, Demarcus Lawrence picked up on Matthew Stafford last week. Um, you know, they have, they have guys that are just playing out of their minds right now on, on the defensive side of the ball and the defensive line. So hopefully the Eagles' healthy offensive line is up is up for the task. Uh, before we get to our prediction and our players, players to watch for, um, let's – we know that the Eagles are struggling on special teams, especially punt return. What are your thoughts on number 10 potentially coming back to Philly? Yeah, I tweeted about it earlier, and, and I kind of said, like, if he's willing to accept a very much minimized role, because obviously this is this is A.J. Brown, this is Devontae Smith, this is Dallas Goddard's offense. Like, you are not coming in and taking – five plus targets a game you're you, you're going to be that big play threat when quez needs is a breather and most importantly you're going to punt return punts can you catch that ball can you handle that ball like i think it would be most important to bring him in for a workout and work him out a ton catching punts and catching kicks to make sure he can do it because i said it in the tweet i would be more than open to bringing him in as a major help on the special team side of the football um Ultimately, like somebody stepped in and kind of defended Britton Covey. And I basically my thing with Britton Covey is his role is literally that. And mm-hmm. the fact that in back-to-back games he has muffed a punt, the fact that he's been extremely ineffective when returning punts, I would be open to anything that would give us an opportunity to generate anything on all three fronts. Because one front that has been really bad has been minus the kickers, of course, and the punters because Sipas has been good and then Dicker mm. the kicker and 
Simmons has been, been that good. Simmons has been pretty effective. He's he's got a lot of landing. He keeps the ball into the end zone too many times. He he does, but he still ranks very highly among punters and kick in dropping kicks within the twenty yard within zero to twenty yards that and stuff. So he's still decent, but it's the kicker's <clears throat> dicker. The kicker and Jake Elliott have been the most effective part, but they've also allowed kicks to be blocked. The punt return's been really bad. We've allowed some some decent sized punt returns, some kick returns. Like if we can improve anything to make us more of a three front team versus a two front team, that would be humongous. Um, so I bring them in, work them out. If you punt him a ball fifty times and he catches that ball fifty times, a vet's minimum I don't know, deal the, 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 would be more than I'd be more than open to doing that. Yeah, it, it, he would have to be open to just being a punt returner, which I don't think he. Well, he might. I don't know. He is in the back end of his career, but like, yeah, because it's just it's 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 unfortunate because Quez went pretty much only comes off the field for Zach Pascal, and Zach Pascal comes on for blocking purposes, and then Devontae Smith and AJ Brown never leave the field, so he would have to be prepared to accept that. And like the fact that the two teams he mentioned as a return possibility are the Eagles and the Packers, he just wants a Super Bowl. He's just he's he's ring hunting at this point. So oh, if, I mean, if we uh, go to him and we say we'll bring you back to Philly, you can ring hunt with us, but you are 100 percent a pump returner. Hopefully he would say yes. But I would be open to it. 10? Can he can he st- <laughs> can he still run a four three or four four and catch a football effectively Probably. as a pump returner? I would. I would can he stay healthy though? Because I feel like that last the last two years that he was here, he was hurt. Then if you look at Dallas' special teams, Kevante Turpin is he was really good in the special in um the preseason, and he's had a couple of returns in, in the regular season. But um, like he's been a guy he was he, he was really good in the USFL, um, and you know he was he showed his speed in um in preseason as I mentioned. And Brett Maher may not be as good as he was, but he did kick what the 61 yarder against us a few years back. So, and we'll have Jake Elliott back this week, I think. Um, so Jake, Jake, Jake is healthy and Cameron Dicker will stay on Cameron Dicker. The kicker will stay on the practice spot after winning a special teams player of the week. Last week, the Eagles have won an award every week. Plus had the offensive player of the month for September. So you keep winning games. You'll keep getting uh, awards. Yeah, right, and, and, and you did you did mention Turpin. He well, he does only have six pump returns, obviously because I don't think the def I don't surprisingly the defense is still forcing a lot of turnovers and stuff. He does have six returns, and yeah, ranks seventh in yards per return, yard, average yards per return. So he's pretty effective when given the opportunity. So hopefully we don't have to give him that opportunity often. Yep. All right, Connor, it's that time. We need. Your offensive player to watch, your defensive player to watch, maybe a key or two, and your prediction for week five, or excuse me, week six, Monday Night Football, Eagles-Cowboys. Give it to me. Um, well, I kind of alluded to him earlier. I'm going Dallas Goddard this week. You got to attack the middle of the field. You got to attack those safeties and linebackers while they have been decent in coverage or been effective they i don't think they've faced a tight end quite like dallas goddard with the ability that he can do breaking tackles making big plays doing a lot of things tight ends don't really 
they more you want to trend towards getting a tight end that does this but he does everything so effectively right now he's definitely one of the top five tight ends in the league especially with you know George Kittle not doing as well Darren Waller with his injuries and so Kyle Pitts struggling like a lot of these guys like it's Mark Andrews Travis Kelsey and then it's a crapshoot so Dallas Goddard can definitely maybe even be called a top three tight end because he does everything if we can get four so touchdowns out of Dallas Goddard like uh like uh, like Kelsey Travis Kelsey on Monday. Yeah. Okay, he can have 25 yards, but if he had four touchdowns, I'm, I'm good with it. <laughs> so that's definitely my player to watch because I think that he can take advantage of those linebackers and then the safeties, whatever. Once you reach the safeties, you've done your job at that point. You've probably more than got your first down and done your job that you need to do. So continuing to make big plays and be that effective weapon. And my like, offensively just attack the middle of the field like we threw one ball to the center of the field everything else was to the left and the right last week and a lot of screens a lot less screens please we don't need to see those and the way like Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence they're, they're, they're athletic they they'll get after that like if you throw a screen this is a type of team that you're going to get one or two yards and be blown up immediately or negative yardage immediately so get away from that like almost complete opposite game plan than what we saw last week um, I mean, on the, on the flip side of the ball for, for, if I was looking at Dallas, it, it, it's DeMarcus Lawrence and it's Micah Parsons. Those are the two guys you have to watch 100%. Yes. Trayvon Diggs has, I think six pass breakups and two interceptions. Yes. He can pick, break up a lot of passes, but if you throw the ball his way a whole lot, he's going to give up yards. He's going to give up plays. It might be at the sacrifice of potentially a pick or a couple pass breakups, but you will get the plays if you attack Anthony Brown and Trayvon Diggs. Um, other side of the ball for the Eagles, it's got to be on the on the edges. I, I feel like it's got to be on the edges to really make something happen this week, and we point to them often. But Josh White had a pretty good game last week, so from a pressure perspective, while he didn't, you know, get, he may not have a multi-sack game or anything. I want to see Brandon Graham have a big night. I think Brandon Graham's a guy who has to have a big night. I would point to a cornerback, but I think the cornerbacks can have a really good night. I think they can have an effective night if they can keep C.D. Lamb under control and keep a guy roaming over top just in case C.D. Lamb breaks free. Um, so I'm going with Brandon Graham on this one. I think he could have a big game. I think he 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 was a bit quieter last week. He's been a bit quieter in the last couple of games. I think he can have a nice game. And I think him being effective makes everybody else along the defensive line way more effective. So that can make for a really good game uh, defensively for the Eagles. Prediction. Oh, boy. This is one of the games I hate predicting. I really... <laughs> um, I'm going Philadelphia because I think, like, the defenses are really good. But if, if forced to go shot for shot, the Eagles can do it. And if forced to make a play happen to get points on the board. I think the Eagles can do it over the Cowboys. So I'm going, I do, I do think it'll be a defensive game. I do think like Jay, people are going to start talking, getting louder about Jalen Hurts. And oh, maybe he's not the franchise QB. Like this feels like a game where potentially the, the noise gets a little louder after a semi ineffective game last week. And then this week I'm predicting a bit of inefficiency. Um, I'm going 21 to 17 for the Eagles. Okay. And there will be talk about Jalen. He has more, the Eagles have more wins than he has touchdown passes right now. It's a little sad. <laughs> a yeah, but I, I, I also want to point out, I think there's overreaction in regards to 
how many passing touchdowns he has because he's on pace for insane passing numbers. Like the fact that, oh, we get to the red zone and they're effective on the ground, that's how they choose to score their points, should not be held against Jalen Hurts' passing game. Personally, my feeling. Probably not. I'm just – it's – it is insane, though, that he has four touchdown passes and they have five wins. I'm just saying. Um, and and he's had a he's been he's been pretty good this year. Um, so on the defensive side of the ball, I'm gonna go. I mentioned him earlier. I'm gonna go Jordan Davis. They're gonna have to stop Elliott. You're gonna have to stop Pollard. And I think it's gonna start with Jordan Davis. He played his most snaps last week, if I'm not mistaken. So um, let him come out there and let him eat up the middle of that offensive line for Dallas and allow for the edges as you were talking about, Josh Webb, Brandon Graham, Hassan Reddick to be able to to get around, you know, the tackles and to get after Cooper Rush if needed. On the offensive side of the ball, I'm going to go A.J. Brown, and that this is more on Steichen and Sirianni. Don't abandon getting the ball to A.J. Brown. Just I, I, I still can't – it can't be explained to me that that's happened last week. So continue to I – I'm not saying force feed the ball to A.J. Brown but get him the football so that he can make plays against Trayvon Diggs or Anthony Brown, whoever he's going to be up against. And my prediction, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be, it's going to be a close game. Uh, 21-20 Eagles. Ooh, boy. You yeah, got it closer gonna, than me. You got it really close. Yeah, I just going to be. I find it like. The way it's been, like, I always predict, like, I, I we've been predicting, like, higher, but they still go higher than what we predict. And now I'm at a point where this game feels like a game where they could be lower than we predict. Like, this feels like a real defensive game, and that's why I feel like we have a chance to be effective offensively, but it's going to start with protecting Jalen Hurts and allowing mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts to be able to make the plays. And then this is one of those situations where can Jalen Hurts make the plays? This is going to be an opportunity to prove it. Can you get the points that we need? Because essentially, based on what the Dallas Cowboys from a scoring perspective have done this year, you put up 21 points, that's it. That's essentially all you need to do. Get the 21 points, get 24 points. That's pretty much all you need to do. And then the defense just has to do the rest of the heavy lifting for us. So like a couple touchdowns, three touchdowns, maybe a couple field goals, two touchdowns, a couple field goals could be all you really need to put the game out of reach. Hopefully. (laughs) We say that and then the Eagles defense will go back to last year's defense and we'll be pissed off about it come Tuesday when we're back here talking about it next week, I think is a one week show because we have a bye week already. I totally forgot and totally didn't realize that the Eagles were on a bye week after this week. Do you have concerns about the Eagles looking ahead to the bye week at all? No, I I really do think that they're really like laser focused in on Dallas in this game and the way the media has spun it and the interviews have gone, whether it be Marcus Lawrence or our, or the Philadelphia Eagles, they're definitely laser focused on this game. And I think they are similar to us, unlike other people we've chatted to, in that they know this game is important. They know that they need to win this game. They know that they cannot let 
go potentially go from first to third place in literally one night. That could be all it takes, one loss. And it could be something that the people who said, ah, we're still good. If it, we're still good, don't worry about it. At the end of the season, if we're tied and we're fighting for that final spot and we need the win because we don't have the tiebreaker, you don't want that type of situation to have. So we divisional games, I take six and oh, I want six and oh all day, every day in the division. I don't Not care. to look ahead. If you win this game and you're six and oh, you have Pittsburgh after the bye. Pittsburgh has never won a game in Philadelphia. And they got and they are can, not looking good. They're either. not good at all. They have a bunch of people out like Minka Fitzpatrick and a couple of the guys, like defensive guys out. So like not looking ahead, but that's potentially seven and oh. And like you just start looking at the schedule and it's like, all right, so when are the Eagles gonna lose the game next? So and this based sense- on like and based on how banged up some of the guys are, like having the early bye week is kind of a blessing for us, but I hope that they can get 100% and stay 100%. Like the, and not lose any the, of the, the benefit. And yes, no, don't lose any of the momentum. Back in 2016, they were 3-0 and or whatever, had the early bye, like the week four bye. And then or they were 3-0, and 4-0, whatever it was, had a bye, and then they only won like two or three games the rest of the year. So we definitely don't want that to happen. But like, Again, not looking past Dallas, but if you beat Dallas, if you beat Dallas and go 6-0, and you look at the schedule and be like, Pittsburgh could win. Look at the schedule as it's going forward, and you're like, who's going to beat? Like, you may have a question up, and you, you may not think of a loss up until potentially the Green Bay game, but we will see. All right, so Connor has the Eagles winning 21-17. I have the Eagles winning 21-20. Regardless of what happens, it's going to be a close nail-biting game and one we can't wait, hopefully can't wait to talk about on Tuesday evening. Thank you all for joining us on this stream, and thank you for all your comments, Dave, Chris, and everybody else. We appreciate you guys tuning in with us. As always, thank you for listening to the Kelly Green Hour. Go Birds, beat Dallas. Fly, Eagles, fly. You want Philly food? Sanders patiently running. Sanders could cut. And another block. Sanders still going inside the 40.